The thirty-sixth book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book thirty-six. The argument. Duke Ammon's daughter with revengeful heart doth meet Marphisa, minding her to kill, until the battles joined on either part, and so did sunder them against their will. Bradamant and Rogero talk apart. Marphisa gets of both great evil will by troubling them, but when she knew her brother, she reconciled is to Tun and t'other. Tis meet a gentle heart should ever show by courtesy the fruits of true gentility, which will by practice to inhabit grow, and make men do the same with great facility. Likewise the dunghill blood a man shall know by churlish parts and acts of incivility, whose nature, apt to take each lewd infection, custom confirms and makes ill in perfection. Of courteous acts, Old stories he that reads in ancient time shall find there hath been store. But in our days of bloody cruel deeds is greater plenty than hath been before, for charity brings forth but barren seeds, and hatred still is sowed in so great store, that when the fruits of both come to be reaped, the ton is scarce, the t'other overheaped. What fierce barbarian Tartar, Moor, or Turk could use more cruelty than now of late in Latian land Venetian force did work? Not by consent of the wise men of state, but by the filthy nature that did lurk in wicked hirelings and a hidden hate. I speak not of the damage and defaces they did by fire in all our pleasant places, though that revenge was foul and too, too cruel, and chief against Hippolyto, who late, when Caesar sieged Padua, as they knew well, and brought it to low ebb and woeful state, he both withdrew the matter all and fuel, and quenched the fires kindled by deadly hate, preserving many a church and many a village by his rare clemency from fire and pillage not those i mean nor many actions more that cannot be excused or defended but such an act as stones might weep therefore as oft as it is talked of or remembered then when my lord his household sent before there where his foes were secretly assembled and left their vessels on the saltish sand while in ambushment close they lay on land as hector and Aeneas did by fire assault the Greekish fleet with hardy fight. So saw I two whose hearts to fame aspire, one Alexander, t'other Hercules height, assault their foes and drive them to retire unto their trenches, nay, within them quite. But one of them returned thence full hard, the t'other of returning clean was barred. For Ferrufina escaped, Cantelmo stayed, O Duke of Sore, what great sore didst thou find to see thy noble son so foul betrayed? Among a thousand blades left there behind, his naked neck on side of galley laid, and chop it off. Now surely in my mind, when that same bloody stroke his neck smit off, you felt like stroke even with the sight thereof. Slavonian vile, where didst thou learn to know such laws of war? Within what Scythian land use men to kill a prisoner taken so that yields and hath no weapon in his hand? Or was it such a grievous sin you trow the foes of his dear country to withstand? 
Why hast thou, son, so long on this age shined That breeds of Atrus and Thyestes kind? Barbarian vile that killed so sweet a youth To satisfy thy rancor and thy rage, So rare a youth as, to confess the truth, His match could not be found in this our age, Whose beauty might have bred sufficient ruth Fierce Polyphemus' anger to assuage, but not fierce thee, more cruel and more fell Than any monsters that in deserts dwell. The valiant men did study in time past With clemency their honors to increase, And hate no longer than the fight did last, With victory revenge did ever cease. So Bradamant, of whom I told you last, The prisoners she had ta'en, did still release, And stayed their horses when themselves were down, And sent them back again into the town, And prayed them but her challenge to deliver Unto Rogero, and to call him out, Who meant with spear in rest her answer give her Unto her challenge that she sent so stout. Now, when the other knights were all together In presence of the kings, They'd cast a doubt who this should be, and then they asked Farah, that talked with her, and her bare visage saw. Sure, said Farah, it is not ton nor t'other of those on whom your thoughts were set. I took it first, it was Rinaldo's brother, who is in years a very youth as yet. But now I rather judge it is another, for so much force is not in Richard yet. I think it is his sister, by her usage, who I have heard is like him much in visage. She hath, ere this, of value had great fame, Rinaldo and the paladins among. I must confess I found it to my shame, Her than her brothers, to be far more strong. Rogero, when he heard them her to name, Was guilty straight that he had done her wrong, And blushed in countenance with bashful grace, And oft his heart shot blood into his face. Yea, fear invaded him, not fear of danger, for force he feared not of any wight, Of Turk, nor Christian countryman, or stranger. The very cause of this his doleful plight was love, For love fears nothing more than anger. He doubts lest she conceived not of him right. Thus waving thoughts his mind do both ways carry, If so he better were to go or tarry. The while Marphisa that was present there, And ever had a forward will to just, could now no longer from the same forbear, Though seeing some before her lie on dust, For all their falls did breed in her no fear, So much in her great value she did trust. Wherefore, lest good Rogero might prevent her, First she rides forth, and in the lists doth enter, And mounted on her horse came swiftly running Unto the place where Bradamant did stay, With panting heart to wait Rogero's coming, With mind to take him prisoner if she may, she thinks how she might guide her staff with cunning, As with her stroke do him least hurt she may. Thus cometh out Marphisa, nothing fearing, Upon her lofty crest the phoenix bearing, Or that thereby to boast her strength she meant, Of her rare strength, of which she took some pride, Or else thereby to note her chaste intent she had, A warlike virgin still to bide. But Bradamant, who first to meet her went, And not to be Rogero now espied, Did ask her name, And by her name she knew That this was she that made her love untrue, Or, to say better, Whom she did surmise To be the sole withholder of her dear, Her whom she hates, Against whom her blood doth rise, And minding now to make her by it dear, With fury great and rage at her she flies, And that she may make all suspicions clear, With couched spear she fiercely runneth on her, And means to kill her, or to die upon her.
Marphisa was constrained with the stroke to kiss the ground as those before her had, which to such rage her courage did provoke that with disdain she seemed as one half mad, nor knowing how so great a foil to cloak she draws her sword with an intention bad. But Bradamant cried out with lofty heart, What dost thou, traitor? Thou my prisoner art, and though I used curtsy to the rest, to use it unto thee I am not tied, whose mind, as I have hard, is even a nest wherein is bred all villainy and pride. Look how great waters rage and do not rest, when as the winds do strive against the tide, so raged Marphisa rather more than less, and for mere spite could not a word express, but hurls about her blade with all her force, not caring what she strikes, nor where nor how, upon the horseman or upon the horse. Her rage in her no reason did allow, and Bradamant, as void of all remorse, with mind to break that that refused to bow, ran at her with her spear that would not miss, and made her once again the ground to kiss. But once again upon her feet she getteth, and with her sword revengement she intends. Each fall she hath her fury sharper wetteth, yet still she falls, and can have no amends nor Goldelance his wonted force forgetteth, for all it touches to the ground its ends. Had not the spear been as it was enchanted, it could not so Marphisa's force have daunted. Some of our men were hither come the while, I mean some of the Christian host that lay encamped near the town within a mile, so as the walls of Arley see they may, and thinking, for her sex did them beguile, some knight of theirs maintained so great a fray, they thither came with will and with delight to see so fierce and well-maintained a fight. Whom when as Agramant from far espied, and thinks they came to bring their knight assistance, he thought it best in wisdom to provide if they should offer force to make resistance. Wherefore he pointed some that of their side may stand from that same place a little distance. Of this last cruel Jero was the first, with whom the damsel so to fight did thirst. And seeing now how fierce the combat growth betwixt these two, to whom he wished none ill, although in sundry kinds he favored both, for ton was love, the t'other bear good will, to suffer them to fight he was full loath, although for honor's sake he must be still, else sure he could have found it in his heart to step between them and the fray to part. But they that with him from the city came, and saw the Christian champion was so strong, stepped in betwixt her and the t'other dame, and so withdrew Marphisa them among, which act the other Christians did inflame, so that with mind to avenge so foul a wrong they stepped in too. Thus both sides cried alarm, and soon the skirmish waxed fresh and warm. Such as before were armed out do run, they that unarmed were their armor take and some run out on foot on horseback some each to his standard doth himself betake the diverse sound of trumpet and of drum that doth the horseman this the footman wake but bradamant is malcontent and wrath to think marphisa thus escaped hath then looked she wishly all about the place to find out him that caused all her care at last she knew him though not by his face yet by the argent eagle that he bare and viewing well his person and good grace, his goodly stature and his feature rare, she raged to think another should possess it, and in these secret words she doth express it. Shall any other then that sweet lip kiss, and I in love thereof still mourn and pine? 
Shall any other then possess my bliss? Shall thou another's be, if none of mine? No, certes, rather than to suffer this, Thou by my hand shalt die, or I by thine. If in this life we shall be joined never, Death only be the mean to join us ever. Although that thou shouldst fortune me to kill, Thy death by right should pacify my spirit. For laws appoint who guiltless blood do spill Shall for reward the doom of death inherit. Yet still I shall sustain the greater ill, For I should guiltless die, but thou by merit. I killing thee, kill one that hates me merely. Thou killing me, killst one that loves thee dearly. Why shouldst not thou, my hand, be strong and bold, That by thy stroke his hard heart may be riven, Who unto me sharp wounds and manifold In times of love's sweet peace and truth hath given, And doth even now with stony heart Behold the woeful state to which poor I am driven? Heart now be stout to take thy just revenge, Let this one death thy thousand deaths avenge. With that at him she runs, but first aloud, Defend thyself, Rogero, false, she said, And think not thou shalt scape with spoils so proud Of heart subdued of a silly maid. Rogero, who to her himself had vowed, And to offend her greatly was afraid, Held up his gauntlet unto her in token That he with her desired to have spoken. He would her wrath with kind words have appeased, And showed her how the cause he brake his day Was that with grievous wounds he lay diseased, Which forced him against his will to stay. But at this time she was so sore displeased, She would not hearken what he had to say, But with her spear in rest on him she runneth, Who such unkind encounter greatly shunneth. But when he saw she was so rash and heady, and that her collar now so great did grow, That she was in her full career already. He puts his spear in rest, at least for show, And forward sets. But when she was even ready him To have given a sharp disgraceful blow, Or that it were that she even then recanted, Or that her heart to harm him courage wanted, She bare her lance aloft quite o'er his crest, And so of purpose that same course she missed. Yet so as by the manner might be guessed, She could have hit him surer had she list. And wrath and rage still boiling in her breast, To bend her force gainst him she did desist. But in that mood no little harm she works Unto the other soldiers of the Turks. In little time she with her gilded lance Had caused three hundred men on ground to lie, So that the conquest to the part of France Was thought to have been gained sole thereby. Rogero seeks her out, and last, by chance, he speaks to her, and saith, My dear, I die, but I may talk with you. What have I done, alas, that you my conference should shun? As when the southern wind with lukewarm blast Doth breathe on hills where winter long hath dwelt, Resolves the rocks of ice that hung so fast, And all the new-made mounts of snow doth melt. So with this gentle prayer, though spoke in haste, the damsel such an inward motion felt that suddenly her hardened heart did soften, as unto women kind it chanceth often. Yet answer made she none, but held her peace. She only turned Rabican aside, and hasting to get out of that same press, she beckoned him that after her he ride. 
Thus went she thence with mind inclined to peace, unto a valley where on either side a grove of cypress so even set was seen as if they all of one self stamp had been. Amid this grove a goodly sepulchre was built, which these fair cypress trees did shade, of porphyry and marble white and pure, and fair engraven to show why it was made. But of the tomb she took no care nor cure, but there expected in the open glade, until Rogero, having made good haste, approached the wood and damsel at the last. But of Marfisa now I must you tell, who, having got by this her horse again, her lofty heart with rancor great did swell, to be revenged of this foul suffered stain. And, seeing where she went as it befell, and how Rogero followed her amain, she little thinketh that it is for love, but rather that they may the combat prove. Wherefore to follow them she thinks it best, so as she came almost as soon as they. But what a tedious and unwelcome guest she seemed to both, one soon conjecture may. Much sure it did the Dordan dame molest, whose soul to her Rogero's false did lay. She deemed that to come thither nothing moved her but that Rogero in ill sort had lured her. And false Rogero she again doth name, and was it not enough, false man, said she, that of thy falsehood I should hear by fame, but that I with these eyes the same should see? But sith I find thou dost thy actions frame to drive me with unkindnesses from thee, I am content to die. But ere I die yet, she that did cause it dearly shall abide it. Thus, as a viper, angry and malicious, with mind indeed to do her best to kill her that was come in manner so suspicious, though she came more for wrath than for goodwill, with gilded lance she gives a blow pernicious that quite unhorsed her for all her skill. Backward Marfisa fell, and in the dirt her beaver stuck, but had no further hurt. Duke Ammon's daughter, that resolves to die or kill her foe, so much herself forgetteth that thinking to dispatch her by and by, before her head out of the mire she getteth, the golden lance she will no further try, but throws it down as wrath her courage wetteth, and to perform the feat her sword she draws, therewith a fear to cut away the cause. But ere she came so near, Marfisa met her like one with rage, with spite and scorn half mad, to think that now again she sped no better, and that a while before she sped so bad, so that Rogero could by no means let her from fighting, which to stop great will he had. But both of them with choler were so blinded they fought like bedlam folk and desperate-minded. They came unto the half-sword at the first, and with their rage forgetting rules of skill, their overmuch desire to do their worst was only cause that they could do none ill. Their hearts were ready for despite to burst, and either purposing to die or kill did leave her sword aside, in mind supposing with stab to kill each other in the closing. Rogero sunders them, and both entreateth to pacify themselves, but all in vain. Then of their daggers he them both defeateth, and by persuasions move them both again. Sometime he speaketh fair, sometime he threateth, except they will at his request abstain. But these viragos will not, though desist. Though weapons want, they fight with feet and fist. He steps between again, and back he draws now one and then the t'other by the sleeves, and makes them both against their wills to pause at which Marfisa not a little grieves, 
herself too greatly wronged in the cause, and him to be too partial she believes, wherefore his friendship she doth quite disclaim, and open wars with him she doth proclaim, and taking up her sword in terms most vile, she saith he plays the churlish villain's part, and that he greatly doth himself beguile, to think her fight against her will to part. She swears she will within a little while of his own folly make him feel the smart, and that she will henceforth so short him curb he shall not dare her combat to disturb. Rogero still bare all her words as words, and sought by speech her to have pacified. But seeing that it needs must come to swords, and that with blows, not speeches, she replied, no longer time to talking he affords, but to his weapon he himself applied, and being moved now with rightful anger to save himself, he oft put her in danger. But ne'er did spectacle breed more delight in stately Rome or Athens, so well learned than Bradamant did take to see this fight, in which she now apparently discerned that of their love she had not judged right. Now jealousy, and all that it concerned, suspicion, fear, mistrust, and wrath, and frenzy, are on the sudden quite put from her fancy, and taking up her sword she stands not far, with mind not yet a while afraid to part. She thinks in him she sees the god of war, such grace Rogero used, such skill, such art, and t'other seemed in that unpleasant jar some hellish fury so she played her part yet true it is that he a while forbear her nor did his worst but did a purpose spare her he knew the secret virtue of this blade which he had tried in many battles well that evermore away and entrance made whose charm all charmed arms did far excel wherefore he doth not fiercely her invade with bloody blows nor fearful thrusts and fell but flatling still he caused his blows to light till once he was of patience put out quite for once marfisa with intention shroud strake with such fury of rogero's beaver that with that blow she very plainly showed that to have killed him she did her endeavour Rogero, with his argent eagle trode, from danger of the stroke himself to sever. But though the shield break not, Grimercy charm, yet underneath the shield it stound his arm. It happy was Don Hector's shield was there, else had she put him unto further pain. Scarce could he now the massy target bear, scarce now the silver bird he could sustain. Now he intends no longer to forbear, but hurleth out a foin with force so main, enraged with that late blow so fierce and bitter. Woe unto poor Marfisa had it hit her. I know not what good angel did her keep. The thrust missed her, and in a tree it strake, and entered in the same a shaftman deep, and on the sudden all the hill did quake. A secret horror on them all did creep. They see the hill, the trees, and tomb to shake, Till from that sepulchre a voice proceeding Spake unto them all human voice exceeding. The voice to them with no small terror cried, File not your hands and hearts with so great sin. It is a kind of cruel parricide To seek to kill and be so near of kin. Wherefore I charge you lay all hate aside And mark my speech and all contained therein. I say you both forgotten of one seed, one womb you bear, 
one breast you both did feed. My dear Rogero, my Marthiza dear, let not the sister seek to kill the brother, but learn of me some things that touch you near, which former times in ignorance did smother. Your sire, Rogero Hutt, who that same year he got you of Dame Gallison, your mother, was by your uncles of his life deprived, who also your destruction thus contrived. They put your mother in a steerless boat, who was as then of you twain great with child, and in the ocean wide they let her float, there to be starved or drowned in waters wild. But lo, how fortune hoped the luckless lot, and ere you yet were born, upon you smiled, for why against all hope or expectation your mother made a happy navigation. And being safe arrived at Surtis shore, there at one burden she brought forth both you, and then, as if she ought this world no more, her blessed soul to paradise up flew. But there, by hap, to God be thanks therefore, was I at hand, and, when the cause I knew, I did as much share the place did leave with such a barren soil would give me leave. Your mother then in dust of earth I lapped, our ancient mother, where to all must go. And in my cloak your little selves I wrapped to seek some means to nourish you. For lo, a lioness that late had whelped there happed to come in sight while I went to and fro. Her did I make to leave her proper whelps and give you suck, then wanting other help. Ten months and ten in forests wild and moorish the lion's teeth you used were to suck. I after learned with wild flesh you to nourish, such as I could of bears or stag and buck. But when you now began in strength to flourish, one day while I was lack, by evil luck a band of fierce Arabians coming thither would have conveyed you both from thence together. But thou, Rigero, when thou sawst them coming, didst save thyself from that mishap by flight. But thou, Marphisa, not so swiftly running, were tame, and quickly carried out of sight. To fetch thee back again I wanted cunning, for which I sorried many day and night. But as the loss of tongue did make me sad, so of the other greater care I had. Ah, my Rogero, thou thyself canst tell if thine Atlanta loved thee while he lived. I saw the stars some evil apps foretell that thou shouldst have, which me no little grieved. Yet I endeavoured still, as thou knowst well, that by my means thou mightst have been relieved. But finding me still contrary and kind, for very grief at last I died and pined. But here I built this tomb afore I died, where I foresaw you two should make this fray, and being dead, to Karen loud I cried to suffer in this wood my ghost to stray, until this fight to me foresignified should happen, which was done this present day. Now shall my soul from hence depart in peace. Now, Bradamant, thy jealousy may cease. Thus said the voice, and left them all amazed with wonder great and strangeness of the case. And when a while each had on other gazed, they met in kindest manner and embrace. Nor Bradamant herself, who erst was praised with jealousy, now took it in disgrace to see her spouse when he most kindly kissed her, now well assured that she was his sister. Thus they agreed at last, 
and either twin to call to mind some acts of childish years, what they had said and done, where they had been, which even with tender heart did move their tears. At last the worthy brother doth begin to tell Marphisa what great love he bears to Bradamant, whom he to wed intends, and so at length he made them faithful friends. Then, all parts pacified so well at length, Marphisa doth entreat her noble brother to tell to her the story more at length of that so strange exiling of her mother, and if their sire were slain by fraud or strength, and who it was that wrought the ton or t'other. For sure, said she, I think I never heard it, or childishness did make me not regard it. Rogero tells her how of Trojan race from Hector they be lineally descended, by means a styanax of special grace that scaped Ulysses, and the snares intended, did leave a child of like years in his place, and from that country to the sea descended, and came to Sicil after travel long, and took Messina, and grew very strong. His offspring, still increasing in renown, Calabria ruled in part, and thence to fair, and came at last to dwell in Mars's town, and many a noble emperor and rare in stately Rome have worn the imperial crown of such as from this stock descended are, from Constance and from Constantine accounting to Pippin and his son them all surmounting. Rogero first, and Jambron of these, Rovus, Rambaldus, and Rogero again, of whom, as Atlant told, saved from the seas, our mother by the shore brought forth us twain. Their acts in ancient stories they that please to look may find them there recorded plain. Then tells he how there came King Agolant with Almont and the sire of Agramant, how that king's daughter, a most noble maid, in feats of arms so valorous did prove that diverse paladines she overlaid, and then with that Rogero fell in love, and of her father's anger not afraid, did match in Christian state as did behoove, how after this one Beltram sought by treason incestuous love of her without all reason. And for that cause his brothers and his sire and his own native soil he did betray, and open Riza at his foe's desire. Which, being ta'en and seized on as a prey, fierce Agolant and his, inflamed with ire, took Galasel, our mother, where she lay six months with child, and put her in a boat, and in the ocean wide they let her float. Marphisa all this while with gladsome cheer unto her new-known brother's tale attended, and in her mind rejoiced much to hear that of so noble house she was descended, from which Mongrana came as doth appear, and that of Claramount so much commended, which houses both long and great fame had flourished, for diverse noble persons they had nourished. But when of Agramant she heard him say how both his grandsire uncle and some other consented had their father to betray, and in so cruel sort to use their mother, she could not suffer any longer stay, but breaking off his tale said, Noble brother, with your good favor, you have too much wrong to leave your father unrevenged so long. If not in Almont nor Torjano's blood you can avenge this ill, sit they be gone, yet ought you to avenge it on their brood. Live you, and let you agrament alone? 
this blot, except it quickly be withstood, will shame you ever, if it once be known that he that did this wrong not only liveth, but that to you he entertainment giveth. But for my part, said she, by Christ I vow, whom as my father did, so serve I will, that I will not leave arms till I know how to avenge my father's and my mother's ill, and much I shall lament and do even now if in that pagan camp you tarry still or ever should be seen therein hereafter except it were to work their harm and slaughter oh how did bradamant at this rejoice advising him to follow that direction and to give ear unto his sister's voice to leave so vile a place and base subjection and cleave to charles as to the better choice who gladly would receive him in protection of which, she said, one sure sign she did gather, she heard him often so extol his father. Rogero answers thus with great regard, My dear, to have done this at first I ought, but then indeed the troth I had not hard, whereby I might my duty have been taught. Now, sith that agrament hath me preferred, if his destruction should by me be sought, that am his servant and his daily waiter, the world might justly deem I were a traitor. But this my meaning was, and so it is, to find some means I may with honor part, which when I have, then sure I will not miss to come and to requite your great desert. And that, quoth he, I had performed ere this, save that a cause of which I felt the smart enforced my stay, the wounds the tartar gave me, so as my friends had much to do to save me as she knows well that holp me at my need, and every day did sit by my bedside. Thus much he said, but they that took good heed to all he said in earnest sort replied. Howbeit, at the last it was agreed that he so long with agreement should bide till he some honorable cause might find to leave his master and to change his mind. Well, quoth Marphisa, if he needs will go, then let him go. But I will you assure that shortly I will use the matter so he shall not long with agrament endure. This said she unto Bradamant, but though she told not how she would the same procure. Thus for that time Rogero brake this parley, and turned his horse to turn again to Arley. When lo, they chanced a sudden cry to hear proceeding from the next adjoining vale. The voice did seem when they approached near to be some damsels that for help did call. But who it was, hereafter you shall hear. For now, of force, I must cut off my tale, and pray you my abruptness to excuse, for in the next you shall hear further news. End of Book 36